In a stunningly brave act of stunningly brave, stunning bravery, the entire journalistic staff of The Atlantic has declared that Donald Trump, if reelected, will become a dictator. No other journalistic outlet has made such a stunningly brave claim except The New York Times, The Washington Post, USA Today, Reuters, The Associated Press, NBC, ABC, CBS, CNN, MSNBC, National Review, Fox News, though only in private emails, and The New Yorker and Cosmopolitan, and also Esquire. And that guy who says he used to be a journalist, but now just hangs out in Herald Square using his dental fillings to contact Venus, where journalists have also declared that Trump will be a dictator, which is an act of stunning bravery for Venusians, who are normally a more timid, reticent race of people due to the fact that they don't exist. It's sort of like the intelligence of American journalists. What makes the Atlantic's stunningly brave claim that Trump will be a dictator both more stunning and also more brave than the other stunningly brave claims that Trump will be a dictator made by all the other stunningly brave news outlets is that just before the stunningly brave claim was made by the Atlantic, Atlantic executive editor Adrian Hysterical actually received a visitation from the ghost of National Review, warning her in a hollow ghostly moan, quote, do not dedicate your entire staff to a never-Trump issue or you will become completely irrelevant like me, unquote. This hysterical ignored the warning, however, because it came from National Review and no one listens to them anymore. Atlantic staff journalist Susan Hysterical, no relation to Adrian Hysterical, just another hysterical woman in the news business. But anyway, Atlantic staff journalist Susan Hysterical said she was committed to taking the stunningly brave step of predicting Trump would be a dictator, even though some people might call her hysterical because that's her name and also because she's hysterical. Speaking to a room of confused oceanographers who had shown up at the wrong meeting, Miss Hysterical said, quote, if Donald Trump is reelected, he will move to prosecute his political opponents, silence those who disagree with him on social media, use the FBI to raid the homes of dissenters in the dead of night, and sentence protesters to extraordinarily long terms in prison for misdemeanors clearly incited by federal agents, unquote. The oceanographers, who had come expecting to see the Atlantic, but instead had found only a hysterical journalist named Hysterical, pointed out that Democrats were already doing those dictatorial things to Trump and his supporters. Miss Hysterical responded, quote, yes, but that's different because Democrats are good people who can be counted on to sexualize children, demonize whites, degrade blacks, hate Jews, and rationalize the unimaginable atrocities of Islamist terrorists in the name of an insane academic ideology. So when they violate every tenet of good American governance, it's okay. By the way, this is the Atlantic Magazine, not the ocean, unquote. Another Atlantic staffer at the press conference for confused oceanographers was Denarius Hyperventilation, who was also not related to Adrian Hysterical, though he did identify as a hysterical woman and had even had his testicles removed so he could work in mainstream journalism. Mr. <laughs> Mr. Hyperventilation told the oceanographers, quote, when I stand on the shores of this magazine looking across the waves to Europe, I am deeply disturbed by the rise of the far right and their phobic opposition to being slaughtered by Islamists. I fear that slaughter phobia may come to America if American voters end democracy by practicing democracy, unquote. Meanwhile, in a Fox News town hall with former Sean Hannity, Sean Hannity, Donald Trump himself was asked if he planned to become a dictator. Mr. Trump responded, quote, 
I will absolutely become a dictator. I am sick and tired of writing my own memos. So my staff better learn to take dictation because when I am done dictating, people in both parties will say, this is the best dictating that any dictator has ever done. Maybe even better than Napoleon, who was dictating in French, so who even knows what the hell he was talking about? Also, I'll put those Democrat bastards in prison where they belong. Trigger warning, I'm Andrew Clavin, and this is The Andrew Clavin Show. All right, that was not even more new intro music. That's the new music from the soundtrack of the number one movie in America, Lady Ballers. Listen to it now on Spotify, Apple Music, Pandora, or wherever you enjoy your music. And of course, watch Lady Ballers exclusively on Daily Wire Plus. Really, music is really good. We are back laughing our way through the fall of Western civilization. I have to give a shout out to Ann Coulter. She is still one of the best writers in the commentary business, and she made a joke about the Atlantic, which inspired that hilarious opening. Uh, It is time now to begin. It's the season is upon us. You must begin to have a Claveny Christmas with The House of Love and Death by me and Christmas Carol by my daughter, Faith Moore. If you have not bought these books yet, you are letting down the side. I don't want to make you feel guilty, but you are helping to destroy the country. And I don't want to make you feel afraid, but you will go to hell for all eternity. Have a Claveny. Christmas by The House of Love and Death. Really, you will love it. And uh, Faith's book, Christmas Carol, with a K, Carol spelled with a K. And also subscribe to YouTube. All the interviews are there. We had uh, Eric Metaxas last week. Uh, these are also, you can get these also on the RSS feed on anywhere you listen to the podcast. Uh, this week coming up, we have Henry Olson, expert poll watcher and political commentator. And uh, you will get exclusive content if you subscribe to the Andrew Clavin YouTube channel. This is not the Daily Wire one. This is the Andrew Clavin YouTube channel. Uh, we will send it to your house wrapped in a plain brown call for Jewish genocide so people will know uh, you're either for decolonization or a Nazi or you have a degree from Harvard. Uh, and also leave a comment. And if the comment is as hateful uh, as the president of an Ivy League university, we will read it on the air just to show we can compete with the best and the brightest in this country. Today's comment is from Rev Sellers. Uh, Andrew, if you drink leftist tears with honey added, it will cure your laryngitis instantly. I'm working on it, believe me. And uh, I'm, I'm actually drinking uh, leftist blood. So that we're hoping with honey, with the honey added though. That's all. all right, let's get to today's episode Poison Ivy. We're going to talk about how to create an evil ideology. We'll talk about why the letters DEI stand for Jew hatred. It's, it's kind of strange, but that's what they stand for. Why that means Nikki Haley is not a thing, and why very different voter uprisings in Argentina, the Netherlands, and Ireland, uh, not to mention Italy, remind us why the Trump phenomenon is not going away. All right, for those of you who aren't a Scrooge-like individual like myself, it is now officially the season of giving, but you've already given enough to your internet service provider if you haven't been using ExpressVPN when you go online. I'm not just talking about the enormous internet bill you pay every month. Every time you go online with ExpressVPN, your internet service provider can see and log every single website that you visit. And yes, that includes all the sites you visit in incognito mode. On top of overcharging you, they're also legally allowed to sell all your browsing activity to third-party advertisers for massive profits. 
That's why I'm done giving to my internet service provider. I always go online with ExpressVPN. The app encrypts and reroutes 100% of my network data through their secure servers, so my provider can't see a thing. It couldn't be easier to use. Simply fire up ExpressVPN on any of your devices, phone, laptop, whatever. Tap one button to connect. That's it. Unlike your internet service provider, ExpressVPN is committed to your privacy. Their privacy policy has even been audited by third parties, so you can rest assured that your data is not being logged by anyone. You've given enough to your internet service provider this year, so take back your internet privacy today with the VPN rated number one by TechRadar and Mashable. Visit expressvpn.com slash Clavin and get three extra months of ExpressVPN for free. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N.com slash Clavin, expressvpn.com slash, how do you spell it? It's K-L-A-V-A-N, and you can learn more. Chapter one, the school of evil. There is just no way I can discuss this week without talking about the testimony of the three witches, uh, I mean, the three presidents of three of the most prestigious universities in this country. They were testifying before the House Education Committee, uh, being questioned by uh, Elise Stefanik, who is from upstate New York. She's a Republican from upstate New York, very accomplished person, a Harvard graduate herself. Uh, and she was questioning the name. Their names were Claudine Gay of Harvard, Sally Kornbluth of MIT, and Liz McGill of UPenn. Uh, I'm going to play two of these cuts. Maybe a lot of you have heard them, but they're just worth listening to because a lot of times these things get talked about and people throw invective, you know, oh, this was anti-Semitic, this was appalling, but nobody actually listens to them. You have to hear them because if I describe them, you won't believe me. So uh, here is uh, uh, Liz McGill of Penn, I believe, uh, being questioned by Elise Stefanik. Ms. McGill, at Penn, does calling for the genocide of Jews violate Penn's rules or code of conduct? Yes or no? If the speech turns into conduct, it can be harassment. Yes. I am asking, specifically calling for the genocide of Jews, does that constitute bullying or harassment? If it is directed and severe or pervasive, it is harassment. So the answer is yes. It is a context-dependent decision, Congresswoman. It's a context-dependent decision. That's your testimony today. Calling for the genocide of Jews is depending upon the context. That is not bullying or harassment. This is the easiest question to answer yes, Ms. McGill. So is your testimony that you will not answer yes? If it uh, is, if the speech becomes conduct, it can be harassment. So, first of all, I have to mention the smile. If you're listening to this, not watching it, she has that same smile that these crazy, you know, mentally ill people on on TikTok develop. It is, it's a, it's, you know, that movie smile. It's that smile. It's that demon smile that they have. That they're from another place. You know. It, it's it's because I think that they are living on a higher plane from the rest of us. You know, most of us mere mortals, you know, we are enchained in this kind of slavish moral universe where we think some things are good and some things are bad, you know, but these are superior beings who are beyond, they're beyond good and evil. They live on the planet Nietzsche, the planet Foucault, maybe the sub- suburb Foucault on the planet Nietzsche. Uh, they're superior beings who are beyond good and evil and they have risen into the realm 
of woke ideology uh, that simply deconstructs. All they do is they deconstruct mere good and evil until calling for the extermination of the Jewish people is fine. It's fine. You know, unless it becomes contact, conduct. If you actually go... Jeez, Louise, if, if you actually, I, I mean, I feel embarrassed laughing, but I can't help it. It's my mordant, twisted sense of humor. If you actually go out and exterminate Jewish people, that might violate the Harvard Code of Conduct, and then you get, you get a three-day suspension. <laughs> and the fourth day you come back, and the place is Jew rain. It's Jew-free. You know, it's great because you actually carried out the conduct. Here is Claudine Gay of Harvard being asked the same question. And I'll only play two of these because they're unbearable, but I have to play them both because you have to hear how far this goes. Cut to. Dr. Gay, at Harvard, does calling for the genocide of Jews violate Harvard's rules of bullying and harassment? Yes or no? It can be, depending on the context. What's the context? Targeted as an individual, targeted as, at an individual. It's targeted at Jewish students, Jewish individuals. Do you understand your testimony is dehumanizing them? Do you understand that dehumanization is part of anti-Semitism? I will ask you one more time. Does calling for the genocide of Jews violate Harvard's rules of bullying and harassment? Yes or no? Anti-Semitic rhetoric. When it and is it anti-Semitic con- rhetoric? Anti-Semitic rhetoric when it crosses into conduct that amounts to bullying, harassment, intimidation, that is actionable conduct, and we do take action. <laughs> Same smile and that weariness, that weariness with which he's addressing we little, you little people who waste your lives doing menial tasks like raising children, you mothers, you Silly little at-home mothers who have to deal with children and teach them right from wrong. So you think there's a right and wrong. And you dads, you know, who go out and work double time so the rain doesn't fall on your children's head because there's a roof over it. You know, and they, but, but the lightning does strike when they disrespect their mom because you want them to learn Right from wrong, you simpletons, you are not. You, this is why you're not the president of an Ivy League school. You're not nuanced. You're not nuanced. You don't understand the, it depends whether you exterminate the Jews or not, depends on the context. You have to grow up. You have to grow up. You have to get nuanced. You have to hate some, go ahead and hate some Jews. Just, this will loosen you up. This will loosen, you know, it's like muscle. Once you start hating a little bit of Jews, a little bit of Jew hatred, soon, you know, all this simplistic right and wrong moral stuff will just fall away and you'll see the context for murdering babies and raping women. Now, there has been some blowback because, What you're witnessing is these people coming out of a bubble in which everyone agrees with them, and they think everyone is going to think this Elise Stefanik is just being an annoyance. They think they don't know anybody. But now, you know, people are threatening to pull money. Uh, One guy is saying, I'll I'll pull 100 million bucks. Maybe by the time you listen to this, one of these presidents will have resigned. Let's not forget, please, that Larry Summers resigned from Harvard because he said that there were there may be many reasons why women don't go into the mathematic fields or the STEM fields. One of them may be at the higher ends, their higher end of talent in those fields. There are fewer women. And he had to resign because of that. They piled a bunch of other charges on, but that's why he was forced out. But these people are hanging on. They're not gone yet. And, you know, but there has been blowback, but there's also been the buttheads. But, 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 but. You know, did they really call 
for Jewish extermination, if you call for global intifada, is that really calling for, you know, if you say from the river to the sea, is that really asking for Israel to be wiped off the face of the map, which is exactly what Iran said it was going to do? And we know that Hamas is a servant of Iran, Hezbollah, servant of Iran. But is it really the same? Just because another six million Jews would die in that eventuality, is that really the same as the Holocaust? Just because Jewish students on your campuses have to hide in their rooms and are being told not to wear their religious jewelry or a Jewish star just because their Hanukkah celebrations have to be canceled and because communities are, are canceling Hanukkah celebrations as being divisive. You wouldn't want to divide the people of your town from the Nazis. You wouldn't want those people to divide just because the, you Pigs at Harvard look very much like the pigs on Kristallnacht. It gets very hard to tell which pigs are which. Is it really anti-Semitism? But, 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 buttheads. Those are the guys you're going to see in the New York Times, a former newspaper saying Republicans pounce. Republicans pounce on leftists for being the worst people who have ever existed. So when these superior geniuses step outside, you know, suddenly in the light of day, they they see what they look like to the rest of us, uh, to the housewives and the dads and the plumbers and the ordinary folks who sort of think, well, maybe there is such a thing as good and evil. You know, I know I wouldn't like it if my people were exterminated. Maybe the Jews kind of get annoyed with it, too, after a while, since it keeps happening over and over again. So after 24 hours of nothing, silence, Liz McGill from Penn offers this cleanup on aisle five with this kind of grim face uh, you can see it's almost like she's sending, you know, messages with her eyebrows. Don't worry, I still hate Jews. Here she is, cut three. There was a moment during yesterday's congressional hearing on anti-Semitism when I was asked if a call for the genocide of Jewish people on our campus would violate our policies. In that moment, I was focused on our university's longstanding policies aligned with the U.S. Constitution which say that speech alone is not punishable. I was not focused on, but I should have been. The irrefutable fact that a call for genocide of Jewish people is a call for some of the most terrible violence human beings can perpetrate. It's evil, plain and simple. I wanna be clear, a call for genocide of Jewish people is threatening, deeply so. It is intentionally meant to terrify a people who have been subjected to pogroms and hatred for centuries. <laughs> she, said, she says at the end, don't worry, we'll get this right. You know, their scientists are at Penn <laughs> working around the clock to try and determine whether calling for the extermination of the Jews is evil. You know, they've got people studying this. They formed a committee. They're going to study it. The President Gay from Harvard, she put out a statement. There are some who have confused a right to free expression with the idea that Harvard will contone calls for violence against Jewish students. Let me be clear, calls for violence or genocide against the Jewish community or any religious or ethnic group are vile. They have no place at Harvard. You know, Glenn Greenwald has got his knickers in a twist. He's on X saying, oh, this is the end of free speech. Let me tell you something. First of all, you know, a Harvard student has not got an absolute right to free speech and, and to stay at Harvard at the same time. A university should be a place for the exchange of ideas. And yes, can radical, awful ideas be exchanged on a university? Yes, I think they can. A call for violence is a call. Violence is a thing. It is a physical act of physically harming another person. To call for that, A, is illegal, and B, should get you expelled. 
Uh, you know, I would say the same thing. If, they, if people came out and said, I want every Palestinian uh, to be wiped off the face of the earth, I would say the same thing. You can't call. I, I believe that Jew hatred is a very special thing. I think it's a unique thing. But but still, still, calling for death is not something that is covered by your right to have free speech and to be a student at Harvard or any of these places. Yeah, here's here's a person who got this right. Uh, Kevin Kiley, a Republican congressman, uh, he came out and made this point, which is exactly the point about this free speech thing. Uh, cut five. How? is it that America's leading most elite institutions of higher learning have been gripped by such an ancient and retrograde prejudice as anti-Semitism? How is it that institutions that have suppressed free speech for years have suddenly discovered the First Amendment as a reason not to condemn terrorism or to stop students from being harassed or bullied? How is it that university leaders who have waded in to every political issue of the day were suddenly bound by institutional neutrality when it came to the murder of children? How is it that bureaucracies devoted to diversity, equity, and inclusion have turned a blind eye to the targeting of Jewish students on their campuses and in some cases have contributed to that hostile environment? Yes, this is a time of reckoning for higher education in this country. Our universities cost too much, their degrees deliver too little value, and they've become among the most intolerant places in the country. See, th- th- that's the hypocrisy part of it. But the other part of it, especially for these guys like Glenn Greenwald, who are tenderhearted toward the rapists of women and the killers of babies and the murders of innocents, the people who are tenderhearted to Hamas, who is just a, they're a Nazi organization. You know, it's like there, there is a difference between discussing ideas like can a man become a woman? Is there such a thing as gender detached from sex? I, you know, you go and say that on a, a, a college campus, and the administration will incite the students to shout you down, okay? That's what will happen when you go and talk about those things. We know because it's happened to all of us if you say, if you say a man can't become a woman, which is a fact. That's just a fact. But still, I'm willing to discuss facts. But it's not the same as saying, not only can a man not become a woman, but if he tries, he should be killed, which is a totally different thing. It's not the same as terrorizing Heather McDonald when she goes to speech, speak. It's not the same as, you know, wrenching a guy's arm um, like was done to Charles Murray when he went to speak. You know, this is silence isn't violence. Speech isn't violence. Violence is violence. And these guys are inciting violence when they talk about globalizing the intifada. Finally, here is the perfect gift for someone who has everything. This is a gift that will reach eternity. What could be better? Preborn gives this gift 200 times every day, rescuing babies whose lives are in peril. These babies' lives are precious and beautiful. Their heart begins to form at conception and at just three weeks is already beating. At five weeks, a baby's heartbeat can be heard on ultrasound. By six weeks, eyes are forming. Check out this testimonial. I grew up knowing that abortion is not the first answer or second answer at all, but it was in my head. I was so scared and I was running through my options. My boyfriend had found the clinic through a Google search because I told him I'm not going to Planned Parenthood because that will just make me feel more pressure. He was like, okay, well, this is the closest one I could find to you. And when you guys called us back, I was very unsure of what I was doing when I came in. And by the end of the appointment, Rosemary had 
talked to me. She had actually prayed with me because she had asked me, like, they have little things about Jesus inside. So she had asked, do you know about Jesus? Because I was telling her, I don't feel like God's going to forgive me for this one. She was like, well, if you, if you were in church, you remember that God's going to forgive you most definitely. And he's going to love you and the baby. And I came back. She's like, I'm not going to pressure you. Like, she goes, this is 100% your decision. But just know, like, Jesus loves you and, you know, you're going to make it. Honestly, I don't know where my mind would have been because it was so deep in fear and I was letting the devil give me ideas so I was like I don't know if I would have made the right decision unfortunately you know but I'm thankful that we did find you guys because I didn't know faith-based clinics existed. Preborn needs our help to save these precious souls. For just $28, you can sponsor an ultrasound and introduce a mother to her baby, which doubles that baby's chance at life. Right now, through a matching grant, your gift saves twice as many babies. Please give the gift of life. Have your donation matched today by dialing pound 250 and saying the keyword baby. That's pound 250 baby or donate securely at preborn.com slash Andrew. That's preborn.com slash Andrew. More than this, more than this, there was a, an article in the Wall Street Journal by a professor emeritus at UC Santa Cruz named John Ellis saying that the universities have got to be reformed. They've got to be reformed along the line that Ron DeSantis is doing it in Florida. It's got to start in red states. He said, an advanced society, quoting, an advanced society can't tolerate the capture of its educational system by a fringe political sect that despises its constitution and way of life. We have no choice. We must take back control of higher education from, from cultural vandals who have learned nothing from the disastrous history of societies that have implemented their ideas. See, this is the thing. <laughs> This is not necessarily about anti-Semitism. It's all one thing. The wokeness, the leftism, the you know, anti-colonialism. It's all the same thing. And I don't think the media wants to face it. I don't think the students have been educated enough to understand it because they've been kept in ignorance. The, the Jew hatred is a sign of the problem. It's not the problem itself. It is a problem in itself, but it's not the problem. The Jew hatred is the natural result of an immoral philosophy, an immoral philosophy. Leftism, wokeism, DEI, it's all one thing. Listen to this. Here's, here's my pal, Ibram Kendi, Ibram X. Kendi, Mr. Anti-Racism. Listen to this. Cut. I don't think uh, white uh, people worldwide have really reckoned with how much their own personal identity is shaped by constructions of whiteness and, and how much um, that construction of whiteness uh, prevents uh, white people from uh, connecting to humanity. In other words, uh, recognizing that uh, when you, when you recognize that you are part and parcel of humanity, in other words, you're not over humanity, right? Uh, it, it allows you to really be able to connect to people who don't look like you.
unbelievable. This guy's a nitwit, you know? I mean, I, I, I actually have some feeling for, for him because it's not his fault that he lives in a culture so stupid that they give him awards and pile money on top of them, you know? It's, if, if I were a nitwit, and he's saying the nitwit things he thinks because he's thinking is not what he does. He's an idiot. And so when he says these things and they pile money, you know, I would take the money, wouldn't you? I mean, you're, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a dope, but they don't seem to know I'm a dope, so they're giving me the money. And I don't know I'm a dope because I'm a dope. So they're giving me the money. I'm going to take the money and run. But this is the atmosphere that he lives in. The great Heather McDonald also wrote a column this week. She says, the real issue on campuses isn't anti-Semitism, but the anti-Western ethos that has colonized large swaths of the curriculum. Elite schools once disdained Jews because they were seen as outsiders to Western civilization. Now they're reviled as that civilization's very embodiment. Students explain that their hatreds come from what they learn in class, that the West is built on white supremacism and oppression. Israel is cast as the Western settler colonialist oppressor par excellence. Now, that's the acceptable way, the intellectual way, the civilized way to say what I keep saying because I'm not civilized. Because what I keep saying is it's about God. It is about the God who informed the culture, the biblical God who shaped the West and who is brought to us, sponsored by this week's God, this millennia's God is sponsored by the Jews. They gave us this God. Guys like Nietzsche knew it. That's who they were rejecting. That's why they, you know, would attack the Jews. Uh, You know, uh, otherwise, why would it be true that they hate Jews for not being Western and for being Western. The left hates them, the right hates them. It's something central about the Jews that they hate. It's not the way Jews behave. They're no worse than, they're as bad as everybody else. We're all, any group of people, first hundred people in the phone book will all have common flaws. But it's evil is always gonna lead back to hating the Jews. And DEI, this diversity, equity, inclusion, is not a moral philosophy. Not one part of it is moral. Diversity is not moral. It's a moral nullity. What do I care whether the guy next to me is black or white as long as he is acting in a moral way, in a good way? If he knows the difference between good and evil and he's trying to do good, he's my buddy, he's my pal. You know, I mean, I I, I could care less, truly, but they think his color matters. And racism is equal and evil, and that's why equity Equity is injustice. Equity is saying if you're black and white, you should have the same outcomes without saying whether you deserve the same outcomes. Justice is when people get what they deserve. Equity is when people are treated according to their race. Inclusion, too. Inclusion is an anti-moral principle. Exclusion is the right principle. You exclude people who will not participate in the moral order. They can't do any of that because they the, what they are re- reacting is the underlying moral structure of the West, which is Christianity, which is the brother of Judaism, it, or maybe the, the, the child of Judaism. It is the Jews were shaped by the law. When the law was written on their hearts, it was time for the moral order to appear in the flesh. When it appeared in the flesh, it became universal. It became the property of all of us. What these three women said, which is shocking friends of mine who are on the left or in the middle who have never, didn't understand what I was ranting about all this time. What these three women said was not a failure of their philosophy. It was the true expression of their ideology. They themselves, I think, are shocked to find themselves in this position, shocked to find that they're the bad guys. I'm sure they're telling us it's us, we're stupid, we're foolish, we're simplistic, we don't get the nuance, we don't get the context, but they didn't know that this was where they were heading because they did not understand that when they threw 
their God out. They lost everything. They lost the ground that they were standing on. Everything that they have comes from the moral framework that comes to us through the Bible. And that is what they've thrown out. Now, whichever way they turn is hell. Whichever way they turn is hell. And they don't realize it until they come out into the light. And I'm not sure they realize it even then. If you're running a business of one, you're wearing many hats in your day-to-day. I wear many hats just for the fun of it. But with collective, bookkeeping and accounting aren't those hats. You can start saving thousands of dollars and hours of your time by letting Collective handle your business's paperwork. Collective is the number one financial solution for freelancers, contractors, and self-employed entrepreneurs that lets you focus on your passion not your paperwork. Collective handles all of the paperwork you dread, like corporate formation and compliance, taxes, bookkeeping, accounting, and even payroll. And the best part, it's at a fraction of the cost of a CPA. Collective knows that if your business of one makes over $80,000 a year, you will find the most value from their services. Collective specializes in S-Corps, a tax election that saves its members an average of $10,000 per year. For a limited time, Collective is waiving the onboarding fee when you go to collective.com slash Clavin and tell them Clavin sent you. That's $199 value for free when you go to collective.com slash Clavin and tell them Clavin sent you. That's collective.com slash Clavin and tell them Clavin sent you or just spell it. How do you spell it? Oh, yeah, it's K-L-A-V-A-N. Chapter two, the elephant not in the room. This is why, in my opinion, Nikki Haley is not a thing. Because this philosophy that was being expressed by these clueless Ivy League girls is is wicked, is evil, it's antithetical to everything we are. Even if you don't go to church, even if you don't believe in God, it's wired into you. It is part of the framework. What is so offensive about these women, what is so offensive about the left, what is so offensive about the culture war we're in, where people are literally making the argument that you can cut a child up to turn him into a sexual costume because it fits with your theology, your philosophy, where people are literally saying that they should be able to sell gay pornography to six-year-olds. What makes Nikki Haley not a thing is she simply does not get it. You know, I read the Wall Street Journal, and there are so many writers in the Wall Street Journal of high intelligence whom I so admire and so love to read, but the journal itself is an old Republican Party instrument, and it will not admit, it will not grasp the nettle that that party has failed and that party is gone. That party is gone. Trump, you can hate Trump, you can love Trump. It does not matter. You have to deal with what the people were saying when they elected Trump, and what they were saying was no. They think different things. I don't myself no longer know what Trump stands for or what he believes. I'm not sure he ever stood for anything, but he did have a kind of general idea before. Now I think he's kind of stumbling around in the dark. But never mind. It, never mind. It doesn't matter. The point is the people were trying to say something when they sent him to Washington and the, they do not want to listen. 
They don't care. You know, it's the Wall Street Journal doesn't care that the border's open. What's the matter? You know, cheap labor, you know, somebody to mow my lawn. They don't get it. They do not get it. That it's offensive. It is offensive to say my country has no border. My country's not a country. We stand for nothing. We are not nothing. As long as the stock market is working, as long as business is doing well, everything is great. Baloney. That's ridiculous. The trade, the trade that makes the Wall Street Journal the Wall Street Journal. It doesn't, it's not based on trade. It's based on a moral order. That moral order is built on trust. Trust is built on morality. Morality is built on faith and family. You can't build a Jenga tower before you put down the bottom line. So a video resurfaced of Nikki Haley being interviewed on transgenderism. Cut seven. Madam Ambassador, another question is what care should be on the table when a 12-year-old child in this country assigned female at birth says, actually, I feel more comfortable living as a boy. What should the law allow the response to be? Well, I think the law should stay out of it, and I think parents should handle it. Oh, please. I mean, please. You know, this, this is not an anomaly with her. Remember, she promised when she was governor she was not going to take down the con- Confederate flag. And not only did she take it down once the pressure from the left came in, this was after a mass, a horrific mass murder of black people. Not only did she take the Confederate flag down, but she hugged Jesse Jackson. You know, it was all kumbaya moment. It, it's why she looks ridiculous when in this last debate this week, she came up against Ron DeSantis. Cut seven. When he was running for governor and they asked him about that, he said he didn't think bathroom bills were a good use of his time. You can go look that up. I signed a bathroom bill in Florida, so but that's obviously th- no. not true. <laughs> The idea that you would say that I, I was against it, you that. didn't. You killed it. I signed it. I we stood didn't. up for little girls. You didn't do it. And there was this going on. I was actually just in South Carolina. Some of the legislators told me at the time there were boys going into the girls. That's the there whole reason not. why they no, did no, it. No, 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 no. And so they say when she does that explanation that that doesn't hold water. And this is the upstate of South Carolina. Ron. I signed the bill. I protected the girls. Do you know girls. South Carolina? She did not do, do you know it. South I know Carolina? that. He's right. And also, she can't be trusted. She can't be trusted to do it. And they don't want to admit she, you know, I keep saying she's Jeb Bush in a skirt. And listen, she she was a good U.N. ambassador. I'm not I'm not trying to just, uh, you know, destroy her or anything like this. I'm just saying this is the moment. They don't understand the moment because they don't understand it's all one thing. Woke leftism, DEI, Jew hatred, white hatred. And by the way, denigration of blacks by giving them so-called heroes like George Floyd, degrading black people by so you know, even even when Trump says, you know, I've served the blacks by having prison reform. What does that mean? That blacks are natural prisoners? No. I mean, their culture has been destroyed by leftism, by this cancer of the Democrat Party that has haunted black people. Their culture has been destroyed and it's led to high crime in black neighborhoods. They, They don't need prison reform. They need neighborhood reform. They need family reform. They need philosophical reform. Uh, those are the things that people need in those particular neighborhoods. And then you have Vivek, you know, and and look, please don't think that I'm beating the drum for uh, DeSantis. Yes, do I think DeSantis would make a great president? I do. I think he would make a really good president. I think he's got what it takes. He's a bad candidate. And that's, you know, I I can't take that reality away. He's just not being a very good candidate. He's getting better, but he's still not a very good candidate. But then you have Vivek Ramaswamy. And I've said this before, but I just think he's a total fake. He is running to be Trump's VP. I hear Melania wants Tucker Carlson to be Trump's VP, but I think Trump is never going to let a a rock star like Tucker be his VP. 
this is Trump's movie and he's not sharing billing uh, with Tucker Carlson. But Vivek has this superpower that since he's only playing to an audience of one, he can dish out the red meat and say all the Trump things that do speak into the moment without backing it up with anything. See, the thing about DeSantis is he's actually done the stuff that needs to be done. More than Trump. More than Trump in Florida. He has done the stuff, the, the uh, reform of the educational system, standing up for the, the children. You know, they call that bill a don't say gay bill because it won't let them groom children until they're eight. You know, it's... He should, have, he should have really passed the don't say gay bill, but he didn't. But still, he's done He's done the stuff. He's answered the call. Vivek only has to say it, and he sounds great. Here's, here he is reeling off, you know, just dealing out the red meat. I think the real enemy is not Donald Trump. It's not even Joe Biden. It is the deep state that at least Donald Trump attempted to take on. And if you want somebody who's going to speak truth to power, then vote for somebody who's going to speak the truth to you. Why am I the only person on the stage, at least, who can say that January 6th now does look like it was an inside job? That the government lied to us for 20 years about Saudi Arabia's involvement in 9-11? That the great replacement theory is not some grand right-wing conspiracy theory, but a basic statement of the Democratic Party's platform? That the 2020 election was indeed stolen by big tech? That the 2016 election, the one that Trump won for sure, was also one that was stolen from him by the national security establishment (laughs) that actually put up the Trump-Russia collusion hoax that they knew was false. There's a reason why I'm the only person on the stage who can say these things. That's what it's going to take, not people who were licking his boots one time and now Monday morning quarterbacking and criticizing when it's convenient. So, you know, I have to say that, um, you know, I I have a problem with Trump because I don't, I think the, the first time he was president, he was created in a way by the fact that the left hated him. So he had nowhere to go to the left. But he's, you know, he's not, he hasn't got the policies that I want to see. And if the left were to stop hating him for two minutes, he'd do a lot of things that I would disagree with. However, however, they hate him and people love him because he says what he wants to say. He's not afraid of the deep state. And just the fact that he's not afraid They mobilized the FBI against him. They mobilized the CIA against him. They mobilized, you know, the the entire judiciary now against him. They've mobilized the Justice Department against him. He's like Godzilla to them for the same reason he's like a hero to the people because he's not afraid of this massive, massive instrument for the destruction of this country as it stood as a covenantal country based on an idea that was based in turn on a civilizational uh, idea that was created by the Bible, that was created by the Bible in interaction with history, you know, of all the various people who made the West, the Romans, the Greeks, the Germans, all the people, the French, all the people who made the West mingling with those ideas from the Bible, those rotten Jews laid upon us through that evil Jesus Christ. And they just want to get rid of it. And the fact, I don't, you know, I don't believe Trump's a Christian. I don't even believe, <laughs> know if he believes in God. I don't know what he believes in. I truly don't. But he, that just the fact that he's not afraid of them and will blow his top and, and run his mouth off at them is what they want. And because nobody wants to hear that, because the Wall Street Journal doesn't want to hear it, because the Republican Party doesn't want to hear it, because the people who are comfortable in their seats in Congress don't want to hear it, nobody is dealing with what 
the people say when they send Trump in. And what they are saying is no. What they are saying is we do not want this bankrupt philosophy. We get it. You don't like Jesus. We get it. You don't like God. But something that was in that philosophy gave us what we have. We want to keep what we have. And we do not want you in your great wisdom to take it away. And that's why eventually, if they don't deal with Trump, they're going to get Trump. And if they if they do deal with Trump, they're going to have to change. All right, you can hear I've been suffering these last couple of weeks. It's important to me that I stay healthy over the holidays. I'm going to be entertaining. I'm going to be traveling. The last thing I need is to get really sick and miss out on time with my friends and family. Thanks to my friends at Contingency Medical, I'm prepared for anything. Contingency Medical provides emergency antibiotic kits to keep you protected against common infections and symptoms. They offer several different packs so you can choose one to match your lifestyle, whether that's traveling or just keeping some antibiotics nearby in the event of a supply chain disruption or antibiotic shortage. Not sure which option is best for you? Check out the GoPack. It's specifically designed to fit inside your carry-on luggage. The GoPack includes antibiotics to cure common infections, as well as medicine to treat symptoms that might otherwise ruin your trip. Each pack also includes access to the prescribing physician for guidance on the safe and effective use of the medicines, as well as a booklet that outlines each infection and the proper course of treatment to get you back to your best. Don't wait. Go to contingencymedical.com slash Clavin now and enter promo code Clavin for $20 off your pack. That's $20 off any pack at contingencymedical.com slash Clavin with promo code Clavin. Contingency Medical and its products are not intended as a substitute for professional medical treatment or advice. Consult with your health care provider. And while you're at it, ask him, how do you spell Clavin? <laughs> K-L-A-V-A-N. No ease. I just make it look this easy. There are no Chapter three, hate speech? Yes, they do. The establishment, which I think is right and left, is not going to listen to what the people are saying through Donald Trump. They're not going to do it. They're going to shut them down. They've tried everything they can to try and shut them down, just like the church tried to shut down dissenters when the printing press was made. They're going to try and shut down dissenters to the mono party now that the internet is with us. The Daily Wire, God love them. And, you know, I'm, I'm truly proud of this institution. You know, I mean, people are always attacking us because we're successful, but I am truly proud of it. They're suing the State Department, along with our friends at the Federalists. Love the Federalists, too. The Daily Wire, the Federalists, and the state of Texas, I'm reading this from the Daily Wire, joined on Tuesday in a lawsuit against the U.S. State Department alleging that the government agency funded censorship technology designed to bankrupt domestic media outlets with disfavored political opinions, namely us. The State Department, which is supposed to take care of foreign affairs, took a government office designed for countering foreign terrorist propaganda, the Global Engagement Center, GEC, and unleashed it against Americans claiming it was going to stop disinformation. So what they did is they turned their focus on Americans And this is what the suit alleges, using taxpayer funds to finance the development and promotion of censorship organizations such as NewsGuard and the Global Disinformation Index. I've talked about these once before. These target conservative media outlets, such as the Daily Wire and the Federalist, by telling advertisers not to come to us. And they limit our ad revenue and they cut people off because they're basically saying, if you want to avoid a leftist boycott, don't spot, you know, don't sponsor the Daily Wire. It's kind of happening to Elon Musk on X where he's being boycotted because he retweeted something that they're 
depicting as anti-Semitic, though it wasn't. These people are not boycotting Harvard. You know, Disney is not boycotting Harvard, but they're boycotting Elon Musk. Why? Because of this. Because this is the move by the deep state to silence. And we're seeing it all around us. It's closing in on us. It's kind of like a darkness closing on us. There was a Canadian journalist who testified uh, before Congress, before Jordan's committee. Uh, Canada is now a place where if you protest in a way that Trudeau disagrees with. He'll say, "True, you know, protest is fine, but if I disagree with you, your bank account can disappear. So this journalist with an unpronounceable name came before Congress and said this. I'd like all of you to think of me as a time traveler from the not too distant future, coming back to the present to offer you a glimpse of what could lie ahead for America. I live in a time in which, in the name of fairness, you can't share the stories you write for my news publication on social media. I live in a time in which, in the name of the common good, you can be kicked out of your bank and online payment system simply for expressing the wrong political views. I live in a time in which, in the name of social justice, you can commit a serious crime but get a more lenient sentence if you happen to be the right skin color. I live in a time in which, in the name of safety, you can be arrested for exercising your right to peaceful protest if you happen to be protesting the wrong thing. Of course, I'm not a real time traveler. I just live in Canada. (laughs) So, in Ireland, a naturalized citizen from Algeria stabbed three little children, and there was a riot against immigration, very violent riot in Dublin against immigration. Here's what the head of the Labour Party in Ireland said. We need to see an independent review of what went wrong. We also need to see a real commitment from government to tackle and target the far right, to ensure intelligence-led policing is tackling and taking them on. And thirdly, we need a commitment from government to give Gardaí the resources they need, frontline Gardaí, to ensure that we have more personnel. Gardaí is the police. So they're pushing a new hate speech bill, which will criminalize Potentially, anything you say about people's race, color, nationality, religion, nationality or ethnic origin, descent, uh, gender, sex characteristics, sexual orientation or disability, even possessing material that could be prejudice against them would be a crime. Here's the thing about the immigration system in Ireland. In the 12 months, this is from the New York Post, leading up to April this year, 141,600 immigrants landed in Ireland. The Irish population has increased by more than 2%. If the U.S. had similar immigration, it would mean 9 million extra people had come in. Ireland's non-nationals now comprise 20% of the population. And, you know, they call them hateful. But at some point, this is saying to you, your country doesn't exist your standards, your values, the things that are grown into your, the fiber of your being don't matter. They don't exist. An Irishman, an Algerian, what's the difference? What's the difference? Well, maybe the Algerian, you know, there's nothing against Algerians, but maybe he has a different set of values than the one that was inculcated in, the, in Ireland by thousands of years of Catholic culture. You know, we have this here, this open, open border, uh, you know, this idea that we're hateful if we say too many people are coming in and they're not being assimilated because you're not allowed to assimilate them because that's colonialism, right? So they're coming in, they may hate us, but they can't be told to love us. They can't be taught to love us. So we're just letting in people who hate us because we don't matter. Our culture doesn't matter. The idea that there's a moral order that separates good from bad. No, no, no. That's not inclusive. That's why I say inclusion is immoral. You know, in Argentina, 
This kooky libertarian has been elected president after years of socialism that has bankrupted the nation. And this is Javier Millet. And this is a guy who wants to destroy the central bank. He wants to destroy all the agencies. He appears with a, you know, a chainsaw. He's going to cut the agencies and all this stuff. He goes after uh, this, a central bank pinata. Then he gets arre- Then he gets elected and suddenly he's dialing it back. Suddenly he's dialing it back because that massive deep state is there and he has to form a government because he doesn't win a majority. He has to form a government, so he has to start to compromise. Same thing in the Netherlands, Geert Wilder. I, I, I met Geert Wilder years ago. He could not, there could not have been a more out politician in the world than Geert Wilder, who is an anti-Muslim. He says, you've got to stop the Muslims coming in. You've got to stop building mosques. You've got to outlaw the, you know, um, outlaw the outfits that they dress up their women in, you know, all of this stuff, he's virulently anti-Muslim. Now he's won a huge, huge number of seats in parliament, 35 to 37 seats. And the response again is, how are we going to shut him down? How are we going to stop him? How are we going to dilute what he's saying? Uh, and again and again, it's the idea that you're going to silence us, this misinformation thing, which is one of the most scurrilous things after they lied about COVID, after they lied about uh, the Hunter Biden's laptop. You know, it's hilarious. Hunter Biden finally got indicted. I think there are nine counts of tax evasion. Could be anywhere from 17 to 20-something years in prison by the same guy who tried to get him off the hook. It was only when he got caught by that judge who said this plea deal you made is not right. <laughs> It was only when he got caught that suddenly he became, uh, you know, he, he became moralistic and said, oh, you must be indicted. And you made all this fake money and this illegal money. And now uh, you used all that money for whores and for pornography. It's amazing what Hunter Biden was doing. And of course, of course, the one person who's not mentioned is the big guy, Joe, you know. It's all silence. It is all about silence, silence and lies. Joe Biden can still get away. Here's here's Joe Biden talking to the press about this. He can still get away with this. President Biden on Ukraine and also China. Uh, There is polling by the Associated Press that shows that almost 70 percent of Americans, including 40 percent of Democrats, believe that you acted either illegally or unethically in regards to your family's business interests. Can you explain to the Americans uh, to Americans amid this impeachment inquiry, why you interacted with so many of your son and brother's foreign business associates? I'm not going to comment that I did not, and it's just a bunch of lies. You didn't interact with many uh, of their lies. business associates? I did not. They're well, lies. <laughs> but it's not lies. It's not lies. We know he did. We know he interacted. Before, was, I never talked to him about it. Now, as I never interacted, but he, but he did. He did. The press will shut, shut, him, shut us up. The government will try and shut us up. The FBI will raid our homes in the middle of the night. Uh, If you were there on January 6th, they could put you away in prison for 20 years. But I don't think the internet can be stopped. And I don't think the people can be stopped. And I I think if they don't listen to what these people are saying, I'm not in support of all these, some of these guys being elected overseas. As I've said, I have grave, grave feelings about Trump. But I do believe that the people are right. The people are right. They're, something's being taken away from them that's invaluable, that was fashioned over centuries, that was put into their blood, piped into their blood with the culture, and that culture has been taken away, and that those values have been taken away. The moral order itself is under threat, and you cannot silence it forever. Christmas is just around the corner. The last thing you need during this busy time of year is to miss out on a great night's sleep. 
That's why my team uses Beam's Dream Powder. Beam's Dream Powder contains a powerful, all-natural blend of ingredients, including magnesium theanine. It's not just your run-of-the-mill sleep aid. It's a concoction carefully crafted to help you slip into the sweet embrace of rest without the grogginess that often accompanies other sleep remedies. Sleep is the foundation of our mental and physical health. I never sleep. That's why I look like this. You don't want that to happen to you. You should have a consistent nighttime routine to function at your best. Today, my listeners get a special discount on Beam's Dream Powder, their best-selling hot cocoa for sleep with no added sugar. Now available in delicious flavors like cinnamon cocoa, chocolate peanut butter, and mint chip, better sleep has never tasted better. Just mix Beam Dream into hot water or milk, stir or froth, and enjoy before bedtime. If you find yourself battling the bedtime blues, give it a shot. Your weary self will thank you. Try Beam's best-selling Dream Powder and take advantage of their biggest sale of the year. Get up to 50% off for a limited time when you go to shopbeam.com slash Clavin. The discount is auto-applied at checkout. No code is necessary, but you want to go to shopbeam.com slash K-L-A-V-A-N for up to 50% off. All right, final chapter, A Piece of West Failure. Now, I hope you notice that that is one of the great puns of all time, A Piece of West Failure, uh, obviously a reference to The Piece of West Failure. Ben is always uh, going after me, uh, giving me stick for talking about The Piece of West Failure. But I'm going to talk about it, that The Piece of West Failure, I don't want to talk about The Piece of West Failure because then Ben will attack me, so I'm going to talk about A Piece of West Failure. What, what is it? Why do I keep talking about this? Because if you don't find a way to address the stripping of our moral order from our culture, the fact that these people want to include everybody without reference to morality, that to reference morality, to say that you should be ashamed because you eat too much, that's gluttony, or you should be ashamed because you're, having a, you're treating your body sexually in a way that you shouldn't, that you should be ashamed for supporting the killers of babies uh, and the, the rapists and murderers, that you should be ashamed and, and repentant if you killed your baby in the womb. The idea that you can exclude anybody on moral grounds has been taken away. And if you re- return that and say, yes, but there is a moral order because there is a God, you're doing something untoward. You're doing something that's not quite right. You know, some people don't believe in God, so don't make your argument that way. You have to make it rationally. You have to make it logically. And my response to that is, do I? Because there is a God. And some people don't believe in gravity, but you still can tell them not to walk off the roof. Here is what the piece of Westphalia, why it became a piece of Westphalia. During the Reformation, there was a vicious war, the Thirty Years' War in the German territories. It started as a religious war between Protestants and Catholics and different kinds of Protestants, Calvinists and Lutherans, and ended up as just a kind of pan-European war, 1618 to 1648, 30 years long, the Thirty Years' War. And it ended with a couple of treaties that were called together the Peace of Westphalia. Basically, the idea was we're not going to fight over religion. Each little princedom can have its own religion. The religion of the prince is the religion of the princedom. That's how it's going to be. And, you know, and if you're Jewish, you can go to the Netherlands because they're tolerant there. The underlying idea, there was a horror that the religion of peace, the religion of love, God's religion 
of love and forgiveness had turned into this massive blood fest, right? And they didn't want that to happen anymore. And the idea was that we're not going to talk about those things. We're not going to fight over those things anymore. It can't be right. And the problem with that is ultimately it becomes a kind of sin to talk about it. You can't say you should be Catholic instead of Calvinist because of because God wants this and this and the Bible says this and this because you might start a war, you might start a problem. And it worked. It worked because the Christian ethos was written on people's hearts. So they basically agreed on what the moral order looked like. That's what Nietzsche said when he said, God is dead, but he's left a shadow on the, his body has left a shadow on the cave wall. That was that value system. But that value system over time, as Nietzsche said it would, starts to die. And now it has died, but you can't make the arguments about God. Right, And all these thinkers from Desaad, Nietzsche, Dostoevsky, ultimately Foucault, started to understand that the entire moral framework was going to fall away. And why was Dostoevsky right when he had one of his characters say the moral order will then be reversed? Because what Christianity and Judaism, its father religion, are, are a break on your desires. They're saying you desire certain things that are not what God desires for you. Some of those things are bad for society. Some of them are bad for you, and they're not bad for society. But you have to have a reason to resist those desires. Why should you? Why should you resist those desires? So, okay, at first, when it's bad for society, like arson or something like that, or murder, you know, then everybody can see the logical reason. But what if it's pornography? What if it's sitting in a room and degrading yourself and developing a degraded image of women? There's just, there's just shapes that give you a certain happy feeling. You know, what if it's that? Do I have a right to say, no, no, no pornography. You can't look at that stuff. It's bad for you. And in being bad for you, it's bad for everybody. Well, no, you can't. And this is why the right is just as confused as the left because the right doesn't know how to get back to a place where without being oppressive, it can say, you know what? There are certain things we're going to outlaw even if they don't cause immediate harm, even if they don't cause uh, physical harm to your neighbor. Certain things we're going to be tolerant about, you know, and certain things we're not. Certain things we can't. They're just un- too undermining. They're sins. They're bad. It's really hard to know where to draw the line because one of the things we believe in is freedom, giving unto Caesar what's Caesar's and giving unto God what's God's. It all begins with what I've told you I've called a million times the great speculation, this idea that your inner life is as important to you as mine is to me, and both are equally important to God. The guy who cleans the toilets in the train station, when we meet in heaven, he may be a prince and I may be his servant. We do not know. The first will be last and the last will be first. We have to respect one another and respect one another's being, one's inner being. We don't have to respect the things that we do that denigrate that being. We don't have to respect them. Now listen, you can read the Bible till you're blue in the face. You can read it over and over again. I have. You can read it till you can recite it. It will not answer every moral dilemma. It will not answer every moral question. There's a lot of things that have to be worked out by the human heart, but that human heart has to be shaped by an idea, the idea that it was created in the image of something higher than itself, and it was. 
The fact that when you talk about God, you are doing something that is outré, that is not acceptable. The fact that I get every single week, I get an email or a comment somewhere that says, I was with you till you started to talk about God. Then no, 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 you can't make an argument that way. But yes, you can, because yes, you must. There is no other argument. There is no other argument except to say that we are creatures made in the image of our creator, and that creator has a moral order. The eye evolved to see light because there's such a thing as light. The ears evolved to hear because there's such a thing as sound. The moral sense evolved because there is a moral order. It is not made up. It is not human construct. It is a human construct, but it's constructed out of fabric that we were given by the world. You know, life, human life is a collaboration between reality and ourselves. That reality is not just physical. In fact, it's spiritual. It is spiritual. It's created by our minds seeing what God, God's mind has left behind. It is a collaboration. And if we don't understand that, if we don't begin to talk about it, we're going to be lost in this maze that we're in now. You know, it's a choice. It's a choice, and we're going to have to make it. These university presidents have got to be forced out. Their universities have got to be reformed. I care very, very deeply about free speech, but there's one word, one word that has been banned for a long, long time, and that word is God. And if we cannot speak that word, if we can't discuss that, if we cannot talk about who we are, then we won't know who we are, and we won't know what it is we're supposed to do. Here's a holiday gift idea that's sure to make you the hero of the season. We all know the holidays can be a bit hectic. The shopping, the cooking, the never-ending list of things to do. That's why you need the gift of GenuCell skincare. From now until Christmas, GenuCell's most popular package has a special discount just for my listeners at GenuCell.com slash Clavin. Treat yourself and your loved ones to the absolute best skincare in the world. Those troubling forehead wrinkles, fine lines, skin redness, and yes, even a sagging jawline will disappear right before your eyes with GenuCell's most popular collection. GenuCell promises immediate effects. You'll see results in less than 12 hours guaranteed or your money back. My producer, Lisa, loves GenuCell. She is probably one of every single product they have, and she's gorgeous. She's always raving about the under-eye cream and how there is nothing like it on the market. You deserve to look and feel your best this holiday season. Go to GenuCell.com slash Clavin to get this incredible holiday discount. Every order today is instantly upgraded to free express shipping. GenuCell.com slash Clavin. Today, I know you're begging now. You're weeping. You're crying. Please, please, oh, please, tell me how to spell Clavin. K-L-A-V-A-N. I don't know how many times I have to tell you. There are no Lady Ballers is the number one streaming movie in the country, and it's only on Daily Wire Plus. If you don't have Daily Wire Plus, let's get a membership now. Get 30% off new Daily Wire Plus annual memberships this weekend only. If you already have a Daily Wire Plus annual membership, that's great. You can gift a 30% off Daily Wire Plus annual membership to friends, family members, coworkers, or even complete strangers. Give the gift of the top movie in America and unlimited access to all the incredible content the Daily Wire offers. Last weekend, Lady Ballers broke our previous record for a new release. This weekend, we're set to shatter that record again. Take a look at the trailer for Lady Ballers. The people have spoken. Lady Ballers is the number one streaming movie in America. We're heroes. It's a dry festival. Bring the kids. We could dominate every woman's sport. My pronouns are I'm strong. 
Watch the most triggering comedy of the decade. I was just invited to the White House to give a talk on women's rights. You earn that. You own it. Lady Ballers, exclusively on Daily Wire Plus. Number one is not a bad start for our first ever full-length feature comedy. Lady Ballers has a 92% audience rating with thousands of reviews. Spread the word and watch the biggest movie in America, Lady Ballers, streaming exclusively on Daily Wire Plus. And a reminder, you get 30% off Daily Wire Plus annual memberships this weekend only. It's the perfect gift for yourself or anyone on your Christmas list. Go to dailywire.com slash subscribe to get your 30% off Daily Wire Plus membership. Picture this. You're driving on the open road, taking in the beautiful views this country offers. Then out of nowhere, you hear a noise and your car breaks down. While still frustrating, you feel protected because you have a plan through CarShield. CarShield has helped millions of drivers from having to pay back-breaking car repair costs. All you have to do is call before a breakdown. Plans can pay for expensive repairs on your out-of-warranty car, truck, or SUV. All for CarShield's low monthly rate that never goes up as long as you cover your car. With a plan through CarShield, you get protection on over 5,000 major parts and systems with just a visit to carshield.com Shapiro. I'm talking big money items like your transmission, engine, electronics, and so much more. CarShield is here to keep you moving forward and make car breakdowns and the repairs that follow just a tiny bump in the road. Go to carshield.com Shapiro. Protect yourself from the unprecedented rise in costs for parts and repairs. Visit now to save 20%. CarShield.com Shapiro. That's carshield.com Shapiro. Now. Clavin Clapbacks. We're closing the border and we're drilling, drilling, drilling. After that, I'm not a dictator, okay? (laughs) I'm not a dictator, okay? Okay? Okay. All right. From John Flamini, greetings, oh, alopecic one, which is bald. Um, Lady Ballers was an enjoyable movie, but the highlight is definitely the greatest eight seconds ever captured for cinema by an old guy from the Daily Wire. Don't hide your light under a basket. Please release more eight-second videos and let us bask in your greatness. So that that is a universal sentiment, by the way. I only read it because everybody's saying it. It's not just me saying it. It's everybody saying it, okay? He says, my only criticism is that this, like all Daily Wire Plus content, is behind the paywall, sort of like preaching to the choir. It needs to get out more. Uh, listen, this is, I, I, this is a serious thing. Um, this is about distribution. The problem with ma- the making movies is not that there's nobody to make movies. It's not even that there's no money to make movies. It's that the distribution arms are almost entirely owned by people who hate us or are afraid of our opponents. This film, Lady Ballers, could never have gotten into a theater. It it just wasn't going to happen. Um, And it couldn't have gotten onto one of the mainstream streaming services. So the only thing that The Daily Wire can do is become a major streaming service. And to do that, they need subscribers, just like Netflix has subscribers. Netflix, I don't think, I still don't think they're making money. So you have to see how hard we have to work to become anything like, um, you know, profitable if Netflix is struggling and we're trying to get up there to be in that ballpark. So... Yeah, it, I agree with you, but it's also a conundrum. It's, it's a really hard problem to solve. It's hard to get these movies. That's why that movie Sound of Freedom was such a, a big deal, because they got it into theaters and it made the kind of money uh, a picture like that usually doesn't make. So 
not only do I sympathize with you, I know the management of Daily Wire sympathizes with you. We understand we're in this situation, but we are in the situation. We can't make it go away by wishing. Uh, from Joel Harris, you asked for our thoughts on Lady Ballers. I found it funny, uh, but not hilarious. I found the language gratuitous, meaning in most cases, the coarse language was unnecessary. <laughs> Your line accepted. Uh, I, you know, I, I've heard this a lot. This is why I put this in here. Um, I, I disagree. It's a sex comedy. It was not grotesque. You know, I don't like grotesque stuff either, but it is a sex comedy. It's going to have sexy lines, and it's about people, and it's about sexual situations. So that's going to be in there. You know, I mean, art has to, it has to breathe free. It, it does have to breathe free. And it's not uh, grotesque. It's not ugly, uh, but it's a sex comedy, so it has those lines. Um, that's my opinion. Uh, from Russell... Because the first Cameron Winter story was a Christmas one, my wife and I now do a Cameron Winter read aloud beginning December 1st. So tonight we begin the House of Love and Death. Please keep the tradition going for many years to come. I've handed in the fourth book. Read the other books, especially the House of Love and Death. This is important. <laughs> you, it, you know, I mean, this is what we're talking about. This is where it comes from. These distribution chains, we, they don't stay open. They stay open when we succeed. And even this one, you know, you've got to make it work. So uh, support your local author and support your local Clavin. More importantly, I think, support your local Clavin by getting The House of Love and Death and Christmas Carol by Faith Moore. Can I do one more? Ian Simon. Andrew, doing his podcast episode he did while sick was like Michael Jordan's flu game in 1997. Total domination. Clavin is the GOAT. We fact-checked this. We had an entire team of fact-checkers go after this. this is absolutely true. Uh, and, and, you know, just again, I don't, I don't want to say anything about Matt Walsh, but I do want you to compare it to the fact that he had the same thing and he stayed home. You know, I'm not, I'm not making any comments like he's a wuss or a coward or, you know, like a weakling. I'm, I wouldn't say that about <coughs> Matt, but... Become a member today. Go to dailywire.com slash subscribe. Use code Claven at checkout for two months free on all annual plans. This is a wonderful way to solve the distribution plan, uh, to solve the distribution problem. And it's a wonderful way to avoid the Clavenless Week, which ends on Wednesday when we release our next interview, which is with Henry Olson, one of the great political observers. Always love talking to Henry. He always says interesting stuff, and he always makes everybody angry because he's so even-handed, and he doesn't let his prejudices, which are conservative, he doesn't let them uh, skew his observations. So tune in for that. Become a member. And if you are a member, come on over to Member Block right now. Picture this. You're driving on the open road, taking in the beautiful views this country offers. Then out of nowhere, you hear a noise and your car breaks down. While still frustrating, you feel protected because you have a plan through CarShield. CarShield has helped millions of drivers from having to pay back-breaking car repair costs. All you have to do is call before a breakdown. Plans can pay for expensive repairs on your out-of-warranty car, truck, or SUV. All for CarShield's low monthly rate that never goes up as long as you cover your car. With a plan through CarShield, you get protection on over 5,000 major parts and systems with just a visit to carshield.com Shapiro. I'm talking big money items like your transmission, engine, electronics, and so much more. CarShield is here to keep you moving forward and make car breakdowns and the repairs that follow just a tiny bump in the road. Go to carshield.com Shapiro. 
Protect yourself from the unprecedented rise in costs for parts and repairs. Visit now to save 20%. CarShield.com slash Shapiro. That's CarShield.com slash Shapiro.